This is Song of Songs creative mix. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. You are the fairest of 10,000. How right they are to adore you. I am the spring crocus blooming on the Sharon plain, the lily of the valley. Like the finest apple tree in the orchard is my lover among other young men. I sit in his delightful shade and taste his delicious fruit. He escorts me to the banquet hall. It's obvious how much he loves me. My lover said to me, rise up, my darling. Come away with me, my fair one. Look, the winter is past and the rains are over and gone. The flowers are springing up. The season of singing birds has come and the cooing of turtle doves fills the air. The fig trees are forming young fruit. The fragrant grapevines are blossoming. Rise up, my darling. Come away with me, my fair one. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is pleasant and your face is lovely. You have captured my heart, my treasured, my treasure, my bride. So I replied, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For your love is as strong as death, has won me over. You are the fairest of 10,000. How right are they to adore you? I want to talk about Jesus, the beautiful one. Jesus, the precious and intimate one. Um, but I love the way that Song of Solomon's, especially the verses that uh, um, Jenny read. Thank you, that's really great. Talk about the apple orchard. And it reminds me, reminds me of the Garden of Eden. How God, when everything was freshly created, when the flowers had never sprung before and had come to, to burst, when Jesus was walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, how intimate and precious and lovely was their relationship. And I bet they said, you are the fairest of 10,000. And how right it is for them to adore you. So talking about spring and flowers, I've got a little quiz for you. Are we ready? Do you know your flowers? What's this one? A daffodil. You're all right. I love it when the daffodils come. But this one? Crocuses. Tulips. I haven't picked any hard ones. Bluebells. They haven't quite come up yet, have they? Hyacinth. Doing well. This one's slightly, I like this one because it's a little bit like my name. Allium. Allium. Lily of the Valley. Now you might have heard that um, word in the passage that Jenny read. The Lily of the Valley. Now we love winter flowers, spring flowers, because they remind us that winter's over, spring's come. And lily valley is a beautiful flower. Now, in the passage, um, sometimes if you've got another version, it might say crocus, it might say lily, it might say iris. It's a little bit unsure, but people have come to the understanding it's lily of the valley. Um, and the, um, whereas sometimes in the Bible you find a type of Jesus, 
which means a shadow of something in the Old Testament that he, he acts out in the New Testament. So a type of Jesus could be Adam. He's Adam. Jesus is Adam. Jesus is our Passover lamb. That's the type of Jesus. Jesus is like the bronze serpent. He was lifted up to save others. And one of the types that scholars have come to is Jesus is the lily of the valley. So I'd like to talk to the lily about the lily of the valley and Jesus. So we've done Jesus in, we've done following Jesus together. We've done the following. We're now onto Jesus. And I'd like to share you something passionate I'm passionate about. Jesus, the lily of the valley. Um, Why I'm passionate about it is when I was a child, my birthday's in May. And in those days, spring wasn't as early as it is now. And as my birthday came, the lily of the valley started flowering. So every time I'd come down to my birthday breakfast table with the presents on, there my mum in the middle would have cut a vase of lily of the valleys. And the fragrance was just beautiful. So it's a quite a flower that I'm quite passionate about because it already speaks to me of love and kindness and family and relationships. But lily of the valley does speak of valley. And it does grow in the shade and in the lower places. And the, Psalm 23 speaks of a valley that we might not want to walk through. It says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and the staff, they, staff, they comfort me. And there's also other valleys that speak of shadow and darkness. So there's a, the, the valley of Baca in Psalm 84 that speaks of weeping and tears. There's a psalm of dry bones in Ezekiel 37. And Jesus very clearly says, you'll have troubles in this life. There'll always be poor people in this life. I can't take those dark, shade, shadow things away from you. There are valleys that we do have to walk through. But when we walk through those valleys, how do we find the lily of the valley? He comes and he lives with us. The valley is planted The lily of the valley is planted in a valley. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. So when we find ourselves in a place of darkness and shade, the lily of the valley is there alongside us. He doesn't pop in for a cup of tea and then go. He stays with us through our lives, whatever we're going through. He's there for good, sat beside you. He understands sorrow. Now, one of the other names of Lily of the Valley is Mary's Tears, because it looks like tears of weeping. And Jesus, very clearly in Isaiah, he said he was a man of sorrows. He was acquainted with grief and suffering. And when his friend Lazarus died, one of the shortest verses in the Bible is, Jesus wept. He understood heartbreak. He understands when you go through a valley of shadow, He understands your heartbreak. He understands your upset. He's not a stranger to that. When you share your heart with him, it's not that he has no comprehension of how it feels. And he even does more than that. Because in Psalm 56, it says, in verse 8, it says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in a bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. He thinks your sorrow is so precious to him and your tears are so precious. As a sign of that, he collects your tears. He doesn't let your signs of sadness and crying go amiss. You will never cry on your own. 
If you, if you love Jesus and you believe, you'll never cry on your own. And even if you don't, he's still with you. Lily of the valleys grow in lower places. And to me, this speaks of humbling. Jesus was, didn't come riding on a camel with a cloak, throwing out dashes of lightning. He came in a stable. He washed his servants' feet. He was a servant king. And as he was a humble God, so we can be humble too when we get to the valley. We don't have to shout and scream and, and thrash around and fight. We can sit there at Jesus' feet and just humbly ask him what we have to learn in that situation. Now, one of the places, the place I come from is Bedford, and it's known for John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress. And he was put into prison for many, many years because he preached the gospel. And he was a humble man, and he learnt about Jesus, and he wrote his journey in the Pilgrim's Progress. It's one of the first books about a story of, of, in that kind of way of devotion. And he wrote, I would rather go through this valley, he means in prison, in the dark place, to find the honour that true wise men seek, than choose those things that worldly friends think most worthy of our affections. I'll read that through again, I think it's beautiful. I would rather go through this valley to find the honour that true wise men seek than choose those things that worldly friends think most worthy of our affections. If we are humble and if we lay our lives down and listen and, and moving closer to our lover, he will teach us the right paths and the way through. He will teach us things that nobody else can and we'll find honour and integrity in those places. The lily of the valley, although it's in shadow and darkness and lower places, has a fragrance that you can smell before you even reach there. It's a fragrance that is so beautiful that it used to be Christian Dior's favourite scent. And in 1956, the French firm Dior produced a scent very similar to the lily of the valley scent because they loved it so much. And being with Jesus and having his scent and his fragrance waft over you is one of the most amazing things in worship that you can ever happen. You, you just sense his presence. You sense how close he is to you. I've actually, I could say this, wasn't going to plan. I've actually smelled, one, just one time I was so deep in worship, I actually smelt heaven. Um, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, but actually being with him, and when you walk along and you know the fragrance of Jesus is still lingering on you, and the fragrance of Jesus is changing how you see things and how you do things, it's wonderful. And it's the same with us. When we love and honour and respect people, we're shedding that fragrance onto them. So when they walk out of your presence, they will still feel that, that delight. They won't know what it is, but that delight that you've shed your love and your kindness, whether it be practical, whether you've prayed for them, that you shed it. It's like, I don't know if you've been to a Sunday morning or been somewhere and you've hugged somebody with perfume or aftershave on, and you go home and you think, ooh, who's that? I can smell them on me. 
And it's like that. You be with people who've been with God. He brings his fragrance and wafts it over us. We take that fragrance and we waft it over the world. Although it might be a dark valley, his fragrance is still beautiful and pungent. It doesn't take the fragrance away. Jesus is also the lily of comfort and healing. One of the other words used for lily of the valley is glovewort. And they used to mash up the leaves and use it for self of sore hands, almost like a hankery. Um, and in Robert Lewison Stevenson's novel Kidnapped, it's described in several ways of being helpful. It's good against the gout. If anybody's suffering from gout, use lily of the valley. And it also comforts the heart and strengthens the memory. And in Psalm 23, we've already talked about going through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, your rod and your staff, staff, they comfort me. They come alongside and comfort me. And the Holy Spirit also is a comforter. He's described as a paraclete. He comes along, he fills us. He comes along to help, to give us counsel, to be our comforter. In those times when we're in the valley, when times we're in the darkness, he comes, and exp- he comes sometimes and explains. Sometimes we have no idea, honestly, and that's okay. Sometimes we, he explains. Sometimes he's just there to hold your hand and say, it's going to be okay, you've got this. Jesus is our comforter. And I've had personally many times, and we all have, it's part of being alive. Valley times, dark times, times of challenge. And he comes along And he just is so precious. He just is our delight. He just sits with us and loves us. And um, there's a lovely uh, song that came to me one time by Martin Smith. I was in a really valley place, feeling very icy and alone. And it was springtime, actually, to come to think of it. And um, it's a song he wrote on Song of Solomon's, the passage we've just had. And I saw Jesus running over the hills to me with a big bunch of roses, saying, it's going to be okay. And I'll read what I was singing at the time. When I feel the cold of winter in this cloak of sadness, I need you. Oh, the evil things that shake me, all the words that break me, I need you. Do not hide me from your presence. Pull me from these shadows. I need you. Beauty, wrap your arms around me. Sing your songs of courage. I need you. Over the mountains, over the sea, hear you come running, my lover, to me. And it's that sense of being in the dark place. Jesus still comes. He's still faithful. He's still good. But I want to move on to a different valley. It's the same valley, but it's the Valley of Springs. So I talked about the valley of Baca in Psalm 84, verse 6. It says, as they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a valley of springs. The autumn rain also covers it with pools. So this same valley of darkness and shadows is also our valley of springs. It's the same place. And it says the Lord is going to bring you to a good land with brooks and streams gushing out into the valleys and hills from Deuteronomy. And in Kings, it says, I'll fill this valley with pools of water. Now, hard times come, 
but there's also a place of springs there that we can go to and we can be refreshed from. And I was reading something recently and it said that sometimes I think our life is a little bit upside down in our society right now. And I was thinking of S Club 7, how they sing that song, reach up to the sky, climb every mountain high and follow your dreams. And the whole thing we tell our youth about going after your dreams, it's all about dreams and happiness. And actually, it is kind of about dreams, but I think it's more about challenges. I think it's about celebrating every challenge that we face and we overcome. And if we look about our dreams and following our dreams all the time, the amount of times we're disappointed, disillusioned, it can affect our mental health, it can affect all sorts of things. But if we look life as a series of challenges, knowing that round the corner is another challenge, and that's okay, because we all have challenges, that's part of being human. And every time you overcome a challenge, you, you have a little celebratory, and invite them. That, to me, is better. That, to me, is winning. That, to me, is winning in life. Um, and I love that, that, that way of looking at life. It helps us mature, helps us grow, helps us lean on God. So I have got some Lily of the Valley here. Without making a mess. That's Lily of the Valley. What do you think? Does it look beautiful? doesn't does it but it has got signs of spring underneath I'm going to drop all over the stage here now in the in the valley of springs there's a resurrection power that just as Jesus went in the ground and died and seemed dead there's life inside he was laid in the tomb for three days, wasn't he? And he came back and it says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But it, if it dies, it produces many seeds. In this ground, where the lily of the valley is, there's resurrection life. It means that even though things seem hard and dry and tired, even though you might be tired, when spring comes, there's life inside of you. When spring comes, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is inside you. It's inside you. That same power, however tired you feel, you don't have to feel that resurrection power right now, but it is inside you. You have the resurrection power of Jesus inside you. Spring will come. You will blossom. You will flower again. You will find hope. You will find that place. It's just part of your DNA. Your resurrection people. When you got baptised into him, you were raised from the dead again. In that picture of coming up out of the water. You've got resurrection power, just as Jesus. And it's amazing. He brings hope. He brings power. He brings healing. He changes situations. He transforms your life. The other thing about the lily of the valley is it's connected so I can't show you. I'm not going to unravel it all. But under the ground, the rhizomes connect like a whole network. I don't know if you've ever been into a wood when they've had bluebells or lily of the valley. They're very similar. What happens, it looks like a graveyard in winter. You can walk over it and not know anything's underneath there. But they've connected underneath. They've grown so. So when spring comes, 
the whole bed of that wood just bursts into colour. It's beautiful. And the smell wafts over before you get there. They're connected to one another. And just as we should be, and, and Jesus was, connected to each other. That's where our strength is. Not isolated and alone. And he says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Even Jesus is connected. Even he takes time to spend time with you. Even he comes to our meetings in the morning. Even he comes wherever I was, two or three. I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm going to turn up. And it's so important for us to be the same. To be, to be powerful, to be um, fruitful. We have to stay connected. And I know COVID has separated, has made us feel more isolated. And it might take that little bit more effort now to reconnect again. But yeah, ring people during the week. Come to family hubs. Come in the morning. Um, check on people. Go out for a coffee. Do other things. But stay connected. The other thing about Lily of the Valley, although you can't see and I'm not going to wrap it again, it's fruitful. One bulb or rhizome can make 50 more. And Jesus was very fruitful. He became the first Adam to produce many Adams. And we're part of his fruit. And the same with us. We're to be on this wood floor full of fruit. And that doesn't mean just your character. Love, patience, kindness, perseverance. It means also going out and making disciples. People who follow you. People who, who you'll lead into Jesus. Um, the fruit that you're bearing. And I was challenging myself this morning while I was doing this thinking, what fruit am I showing right now? I'm showing fruit of character. Yeah, love, kindness. But where's my actual, where are the disciples that I'm bringing up right now? Where's that fruitfulness that I'm expanding? It's really important that we kind of challenge ourselves on that. Because if we're to be followers of Jesus, he was fruitful. And he's asked us to be fruitful too. The next one is, um, one of the reasons why they think Lily the Valley is picked is because it's beautifully white. Beautifully white. And it speaks of Purity. And Jesus, although he was tempted by the devil, never sinned. He knows what it is to be tempted. He knows what you're going through if you're tempted. But he never sinned. And Jesus spoke to me about sometimes our dark places aren't challenges from outside. They're sometimes challenges because we have not stayed pure. And there's a verse in the Bible that really challenges me. It says, Matthew 6, 22 to 24... The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then the light within you is darkness. How great that darkness. That's not the darkness of the, valley, the shadows and the valley. That's the darkness that we've produced within ourselves by not staying pure. And this is very particular about our eyes. What are we watching? What are we reading? What are we fixing our eyes on? What are we coveting after? What are we jealous for? Where are your eyes wandering? Because they can actually produce darkness in us if we're not careful. That's challenging, isn't it? Um, I find that very challenging. So lastly, 
Um, the fruit of the valley, the lily of the valley, speaks to me of faithfulness. The whole thing about God's faithfulness. He's there when you're, you're feeling in your dark place, in your shadows. He's there when you're feeling alone and he brings comfort. But then he's also there when you're going through resurrection power and he's transforming you and changing you from the inside. He's also there when we come together and we're connected, he's there, he comes along. He's also there when you're, when you're being fruitful and you're trying discipleship and he gives you the, the tools and the skills to do that. He's also there when you're trying to beat temptation and you're praying to him and you're saying, please help me overcome this. God is so faithful. He's so faithful. And sometimes when I'm panicking or I'm worrying or I'm anxious, I kind of ask myself in times of that, it doesn't always work, but I ask myself one question. Do I believe that God is faithful? And if I do, do I believe that he cares? If I believe he cares, do I believe he has the power to stand with me through whatever I'm going through? If all those three things are true, then why am I worrying? If he is faithful and he does care and he has got the power to help me, not necessarily change the circumstance, but to help me through it, why am I worrying? And then you can sit back and you say, actually, I trust you. You are so trustworthy. You are so faithful. So Lily of the Valley, if Jesus is Lily of the Valley... We are like Jesus. You are a field of lilies of the valleys. Oh, you look beautiful and smell lovely. So very quickly, disciples that look like lilies, they comfort each other. They comfort those people around them. They stick with them in their sorrows and don't run away. They don't say, how are you today? And go, don't tell me, I don't want to know. They sit with people and say, let me know. Let me sit with you. Let me cry with you. Let me walk through this with you. Um... They are fragrant and beautiful. They bring good words, good hearts. They sit before the Father and find out what good, wise words to bring. They're flowing with the Holy Spirit that bring a fragrance far more beautiful than any nasal smell. The fragrance of the Holy Spirit is so intoxicating and so beautiful. We connect to one another. We're there for each other. But we also connect to people outside in our neighbourhoods. We connect outside in our workplaces, outside in our community. Let's be those people that reconnect this nation back up again. They live in purity and resurrection power. So when you are, you stay, you keep your heart pure, but you can also live in resurrection power. Be those that when you feel like this, I've had days when I feel like this. This isn't the end. Resurrection power is around the corner. It's part of who you are. God has put, again, Ephesians, I'll say it to you again, just in case you don't believe me. In Ephesians it says, the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is within you. Is within you. Resurrection power. And we're fruitful. We're fruitful by bearing fruit, by bearing disciples, by going out and making disciples and loving people well.